Hello, come on in, it's Cat. Meow. And you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns. Back with another hot, fresh take on film. Time for Cinema Buns. Let's dig into the bun, hun. Meow. Hey, here's your spoiler alert, letting you know that today we will be discussing the Academy nominated uh, animated films, Wolfwalkers, Over the Moon, Onward, and Soul. Uh, We're going to talk about them pretty in depth, definitely giving away big plot points. So if any of those movies are ones that you really, really haven't seen yet and you don't want spoiled, probably go watch them and then listen. We're not discussing Shaun the Sheep, though, even though that was Oscar-nominated. None of us saw it, so... Um, you're fine on that one. Okay, into the button now, hun. And we are rolling, and it looks like we're getting sound. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Meow! Hi, bunnies! Happy Easter! Um, it's Easter for us. I don't know when you're hearing this, but um, it's Kat, and I am joined today by two friends. So I'm going to go ahead and let them say their own names. That way you can differentiate the two. And uh, why don't y'all go ahead and tell us who you are. And uh, we are talking today about Oscar nominated animated films. So let us know, do you like animation? How do you feel about it? Do you have any personal connection to it? Good morning. Uh, good morning. My name is Kiana. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> good morning. My name is Kiana. Um, and I like animation because I, wa- I moved to <laughs> I like that you come in just trolling. <laughs> I was gonna keep doing it, and then she heard me. It was like so bad. All right. Um. Hi, my name is Kiana. Um. I am a screenwriter, and I moved here to actually write animated shows because it's been a passion of mine for a very long time. Because I like the way that animation lends itself more to like hopeful narratives. And this is. Hi, I'm Natalie. Uh, not to copy and paste Kiana's answers. But basically, it's the same. I uh, also want to be a screenwriter for animation, um, and I love animated movies. I am a big fan of Disney and Pixar, but I pretty much love anything animated. Yeah. Yay. Well, it sounds like y'all are both um, the right people to be talking about this category. We are talking about the five films that were nominated for Best Animated feature at this year's Oscars. However, uh, the only one I did not see was Shaun the Sheep. Did anyone see that? Oh my god, us either. Okay, good, because that's the only one I didn't see. I didn't see the first one, and I felt like I was going to be lost if I watched the sequel without watching the first one, and um, so we will not be talking about that one today, but uh, otherwise, the films that were nominated are all kids' films, I'd say, which sometimes in the past, this category can be weird because you'll get something like Isle of Dogs in there which is like not really a kids film I mean I probably would watch it as a kid but it had some violence and it's kind of not fair to have that film compete against whatever the latest Pixar release is so it can be a weird category if you have something that's like totally out there different but I'd say these films like so weirdly all have very similar themes. They all seem to be like very existential films. Um, again, I didn't. She's Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon. So, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, the aliens are really going through 
ruin it. Yeah, like, alien invasion can be pretty expensive. Yeah, it's like extraterrestrial, existential, <laughs> they're close enough. Could have been, but um, we'll never know. Although I just realized it's literally free on Netflix, so I have no really? excuse yeah, not we to. Watched it, we just chose not to. <laughs> it's really sad. I can't get past like the like you know the little thirty second shorts they show on Disney Channel, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. Like when we were, yeah. So it's like in my head, I'm like, this is just gonna be a longer version of that, which it is, but it's like also probably has a plot. I just can't in my head like there's a mental block there and I have to like overcome it. Yeah, for me when I was little the claymation style of like both the Shaun the Sheep movies and a chicken run terrifying me. <laughs> And so, chicken arm was traumatizing. Yeah, I, can't chicken, I mean, chicken arm was kind of scary. Not gonna lie, but you know, like, that, that was kind of why I didn't click on it on Netflix, just because I'm not to disclaimation. It's just when Kate Mallory is terrified of it. Um, I don't know why, but it comes up often on this podcast, Chicken Run. Like this is not the first time that's come up, and I feel like I tell this story every time. But um, when I saw Chicken Run, for some reason, there were live chickens in the theater. What? Like, it was, it was like a promotion, like go see Chicken Run and hang out with chickens and I don't know, (laughs) give money to the farmers. I'm not sure what the point was, but there were live chickens. They weren't in the theater with us, just in the lobby. But you could, like, leave. Oh, I was like, that would be so bad if yeah. you, like, force the chickens to watch the <laughs> and, like, have to, like, watch the lives of they, they cannot have. Like, that would be so sad. That's traumatizing. It would give them ideas. Well, I did see Wallace and Gromit, which I think is the same studio. And that was actually yeah, yeah. cute. Yeah, I, I, have, I, I have actually seen those. And those uh, I did like. Those are very, they're, 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 it's really British. Yeah. It is so British. <laughs> well, I actually, my, my favorite animation style is claymation slash stop motion which we can come back to talking about later but um it is one that i have so much respect for however the films that we're talking about like the Shaun the sheep uh studio i would agree that they were kind of scary in that it looks like the characters are like melting (laughs) like not into that um but the rest of the films that were nominated seem to have a theme of like grief or um loss by death whether that's your loved one or yourself um (laughs) and there seems to be a strong running theme of love your step parent i feel like (laughs) literally everyone (laughs) is uh but it's kind of like forming new families most of the movies um and something else that i thought was surprising when i was looking this up this morning was that none of the animated films have a nomination for best original song which is kind of funny because usually the best original song category has like um i think moana the song from moana was nominated for that or songs from frozen like None of the soundtracks like have a standout song that really. I yeah, was just surprising given that uh, Over the Moon was a musical. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the only yeah. musical. I mean, I guess Soul has music, but it's not. It's so not like a musical, yeah. And then um, Wolf Walkers has that one kind of like key song that was done by uh, Aurora, who was the voice of. Oh. Yeah, she did the Frozen 2. Mm. Um, voice of the spirit or the fifth element i think i don't know the same okay. difference yeah <laughs> but yeah that song was i love that song in uh wolf walkers the running with the wolves one yeah um so it was really a cool song except that kim was like 
wait, are they running with wolves? I, mean, I can't tell. <laughs> like my wife was so annoyed that it kept saying running with the wolves over and over and over again. Wow, are they with wolves? Are they running? Uh, We liked it. The animation of that sequence where they all running. Yeah, it was gorgeous. But then I don't know. It took like about a minute and fifteen seconds of hearing that song before it switched from being like I love this to like okay stop. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and start with what I suspect is probably the strong front runner of winning this category, which is. Disney Pixar's Soul. Oh my god. Um, this was released December 25th, 2020 on Disney Plus. It's nominated for both Best Animated Picture and Original Score, and it did win Best Animated Picture at the Golden Globes. Um, it also is nominated for, at this Oscars, uh, Sound. Like, you know, they combined the sound mixing and sound editing category to just sound. This one has three Oscar noms, and it's written and directed by Pete Docter, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Donnell Rawlings, Questlove, Angela Bassett, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to y'all. Thoughts on Soul? It gave me an existential crisis, if we're being honest. Like, it really did. Because he was like, am I really doing what I want to do with my life? Or like, have I I've achieved what I want? And I was like, oh my god, that's me. <laughs> I feel like it definitely. Uh, I th- like. I think it was just kind of luck of the circumstances, but definitely hit on a lot of the feelings that people have been having, particularly mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Yeah. Um. Since everyone was kind of stuck at home for a while and having to um, think a lot more or be trapped in your own mind a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the kind of the more existential messages of it, of the film hit, probably hit a lot harder, at least for me, than they would have if it just came yeah. out in a regular year, which I think just like as a benefit to the film. But I also really like the um, animation that they did. I like the... Um, they figured out how to do the hair. I was really happy about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my god, you did the hair right. I was mm-hmm. like, what? And the fact that they like really tried really hard to like get like the barbershop scene was like really important. I don't know. I, it was a lot of like cultural aspects. I'm like, that. yeah, that's really important. But then I was like, oh, Tina Fey is going to be puppeting this man's body for like a good chunk of the film. <laughs> and I was like, mm, interesting. Yeah, and I know Pixar... Um, once again, employ the use of, I forget what the, the cultural trust or cultural, yeah. I could be saying the wrong name, but I know that they talked to, um, the well, first they promoted one of the co-writers to co-director, yeah. uh, and then uh, they also talked to, like, all of the, a lot, they got together, like, a lot of their black employees and talked to them about the story and did, like, sensitivity screenings of the film and stuff like that to get feedback to make sure it felt like an authentic story, which I think it's really important, and something that Disney and Pixar have been doing, I believe, since Moana, um, mm-hmm. and they also did it for Coco as well. Yeah, oh, but back to what I was saying about the animation, though, to circle back, I really like the, uh, the accountant, uh, the way he was, like, 2D mm-hmm. in the 3D world, I thought that was really great, um, it was really cool, great animation. I loved that I went into this with no knowledge of what it was about. Like, I literally hadn't seen a trailer, which is so rare, but having not gone to movies, theaters this year, I went into it totally unaware, which I was really happy because when he died pretty early on, I was like, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> that Everybody's shocked like, hey, whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, what? That's what we're starting off with? That's okay. Yeah, but I, I like that because, I don't know, I think if I had been waiting for, like, the afterlife to come, I would have felt differently about it. But I was like, oh, wow, oh, he done did that. He, like, actually died. Okay. My feeling on this is that, like, for me, this now, like, when I watched it, I was like, that's now one of my top three favorite Pixar films. What I liked about it is also a complaint, which is I feel like it was a answer to a problem that Disney created. <laughs> so I like the message, but I also feel like it's contrary that Disney kind of like built the problem up in the first place, because I feel like the point of this movie is like, just chill out enjoy things, you know, watch a leaf falling from the ground. You don't have to, like, be the star, which is lovely. But I also feel like, um, I don't know, something like Hercules, like the song, like, Go the Distance. Like, I feel like all the songs are, like, in previous Disney movies, like, go the distance, find your purpose, you'll never be whole until you go do the thing. So I feel like so much at Disney in the past has been, like, what's your calling in life? What's your thing? What's the big passion that you have? And, like, don't just be a bump on the log. Go do. And this film was like, don't do, just be. So I, I kind of felt like it was a funny answer to a problem created by the studio of, like, making us all grow up thinking that we need to like do the giant thing so I, I did like the turn of events this took but it was kind of funny that like it was so like wait who gave us that message that we have to like run after chasing the giant life dream oh y'all in the first place so I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on I know that one of the complaints of the film has been um, having people of color not, like, themselves, like, transformed into little soul beings the whole time. Like, instead of actually showing black characters on screen, they mostly, for a lot of the film, are animated as something else, which I know people complain that, like, Princess and the Frog did in some films in the past. And I wanted to throw out that this is not just people of color. Like, there's also films like Brave, where they become animals and beauty and the beast has the white beast as a beast the whole the white man adam as a beast the whole time so i don't know that it's exclusively a problem with this but i think that it is really exciting for people to like see themselves represented on screen and then if they're not their actual skin color and they're like a little soul the whole time that that is a problem um and just one thing i wanted to throw out there was i know that people also said this happened in brother bear and i was like what i i don't remember seeing brother bear so i looked it up and they're supposed to be native american and joaquin phoenix plays the main bear and i was like i don't think he's native american and i looked it up and i don't know whether he is or isn't but i just wanted to share this tidbit that joaquin phoenix's real last name is joaquin bottom what? <laughs> bottom his um, family's name is the bottom family and they I mean, changed their last name yeah so i wanted to share that tidbit but back to the question at hand which was any thoughts on that kiana you were mentioning like how cool you thought the barbershop scene was as far as um 
getting the hair right and actual like representation but did that bother you to have um the characters not black for a lot of it or did you still yes yes yeah. i did <laughs> like it's a like i think the main issue i have is like the like for like princess and the frog for example like the main character turns into a frog mm-hmm. and usually when it's like something transforming it's like like the mom and like brave or like the prince in like Beauty and the Beast and then, like when the main character isn't like herself for most of the movie it's like oh my god a black princess and she's only princess for mm-hmm. like, 20 like 20 minutes of the movie and it's like the only black princess we get and it's like we only get one of these we only get one shot because apparently there's like 50 million like different variations of like white culture but like oh one black person woo like yeah and she's just gonna be a frog for most of the movie so it's like I can't dress up like a frog. You know what I mean? And so, like, in Soul, too, like, Tina Fey was, like, in his body for most of the time. Like, they had black representation on screen for, like, a good chunk of the movie because they go back into the real world and then he's, like, around other people. But it's still, like, um, even with those important scenes, it's, like, she's in his body and, like, doing, like, I don't know. It just it just kind of was, like, rubbed me the wrong way, like, initially. And it still kind of does, even though I see why they did it narratively, but it's still, like... I feel like you could have maybe, I don't know, something else, just something else that didn't involve, like, Jamie Foxx in the body of a freaking cat. Like, something <laughs> else. True, and they also, like, look at, like, other films, like, uh, The Pigeon and the Spy movie. Oh, my God, that was necessary. Yeah, where, where you have the, uh, one, one, I guess the main character is technically, like, Tom Holland. Like, yeah, technically, but it's, like, and then the spy. Also, you got the spy who then gets trapped in the body of a pigeon for, like, the whole movie. Um, and I, I guess I would say it feels like more often than not, like, when you're doing, like, a transformation, or whenever you have a movie with, like, a POC lead, it's, I feel like they lean too much on that trope. Mm-hmm. And as, I don't know, I don't know, like, where the, like, where that comes from. Or like, I think why. I saw, I can't, like, verify this, I think people need to Google, but I saw somewhere that it's easier to market people who, mm-hmm. like, like, like it's easier to market white people as like the main character than it is like a person of color especially in like other countries where it's like you don't see them in as many black people so it's like if you want a film to do big in like another country you have to have like somebody that i don't know everybody can like identify with i guess but i don't know that's what i read somewhere and that was like i think a theory it feels like i have your cake and eat it too like they need to move towards diversity and they want to have other characters represented on screen except uh, instead of the same as you're saying like a hundred white princesses we have so they're like okay oh great we're doing it now we have this cast that actually is not just all white people but then like you're saying in order to have white audiences go to it i don't know it seems like they feel like they need to have it be a universal story where you're like oh that's not a black character that's just a a a little soul blob and so that that feels like me so it's it's like laziness on the part of the audience white character usually is like more like the universal like kind of character like i guess like i don't know like the accepted universal character is like a white man Mm-hmm. Like, that's usually, like, the accepted, like, person that everybody can, like, seemingly identify with. Yeah, Pixar even though it's, a lot of those. And Pixar and a crap ton of those. <laughs> 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 but yeah, a crap ton of those. So it's, like, they're gonna just, they're gonna do that. And yeah. Yeah. They, they do what they know, and then when they invite more people into it, they get, like, kind of close to the mark, but then, and, like, I guess, the hurdle you have to jump over is still, like, other white dudes. So it's, like, to, like, get it approved, I guess, so... 
I was happy when I went to the Disney store recently that, like, in the, in the stuffed animal section, they actually had the main character, Joe Gardner, like, sold as a stuffed animal, but it was actually, like, him as a black man. It wasn't, um, you know, a, a little soul version. I and- that would have been the soul version of him, for sure. <laughs> I was like, a little child's just gonna cuddle, like, this black... <laughs> It was like dragging around. I was like, "Come on, Joe!" Come on, well, Joe did you <laughs> did you see the SNL skit recently with the I, Joe Gardner? Ahead. Okay, so uh, I'll add it as like a bonus if anyone goes in the links and uh, the the link in the description of this SNL sketch. But um, he's they're all gonna w- ride this water ride and they need to pair up and they have a giant life size stuffed animal of. Joe Gardner like they won it at the carnival and so the boys and the girls all pair up except the one leftover guy and they're like you can ride with the uh, Joe Gardner from Seoul and he's like um I want to ride with one of the girls and they're like no like your height doesn't match up but your height matches up well with Joe Gardner you should ride with him <laughs> so, oh my God. so that's what kind of what that makes me think of when I saw the stuffed animal at the Disney store <laughs> So if Disney can't market like just human characters, they can market like animals and soul blobs, then that's like the kind of movies they're going to make more of is that. I think the difference with this one too, though, is that like he's an adult and usually (laughs) it's like the kid is like the main character or like at least involved. Mm -hmm. And like the kid in this case wasn't born yet. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it's weird. It's like a weird yeah, the kid is also kind of an adult because it's Tina Fey. Tina Fey, yeah. So it's like, but it's like at least her character that well, in the Soul Plane or whatever that she voices is like, I guess that would be the market marketable thing, not the main character. But I'm like, marketability and then like plot wise, I feel like they are more in tune than they should be sometimes. But it's fine. So would you have? Li- I guess I'm trying to figure out like what the solution would be if they want to tell a story like this. I mean, I guess the solution would be have more films with black characters because if there's more options, like if you had another black princess and you didn't have her just as a frog the whole time, then that would be nice. But I guess for a movie like this, like if they have them in heaven slash the afterlife area should they look like the way they looked on earth like i'm wondering what the solution would be other than just more films in general with people of color a black voice actress instead of tina fey <gasps> yes yeah. like that would have like literally solved a lot of my problems with the movie okay. if they had like a black voice actress instead of tina fey also i feel like they missed the chance to use they them pronouns for like oh, yeah. the little soul blobs instead of saying like she they could have been like oh yeah they like that would have been so cool if they had done that and i feel like they like they weren't gonna do it but they could have done it and it would have been cool Yes, that actually, that makes a huge difference. I really like that. I kind of felt like with Tina Fey in this, I felt similarly to the way I felt about the Brie Larson character in Just Mercy, where I was like, do we really need to give... It was intense, but I was like, why are we giving screen time to this white woman? Like, it's not a story about her. And um, yeah, I kind of was disappointed with the Tina Fey casting as well, but... It is it it it's all a numbers game, and so for the studio, they have to go. What will bring people in? And I, I feel like they think that 
white audiences won't go unless we're like, oh, I know that Tina Fey person, you know? So like, I don't know, I guess money talks. And so if you're listening and you're also upset by problems like this, like go support movies and projects, TV shows that have um, all casts of people of color. Like if you pay the money and you go see the things, I think that's what will make the studios finally understand that like we will go see projects even if they don't have the white tina fey like up on leading the cast um so onward was released in the u.s on march 6th so it was kind of like right as the pandemic was taking off so i know that uh that really hurt its box office numbers um it was directed and written by Dan Scanlon. It stars Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, Lenny Waithe, and Ali Wong. And um, I didn't realize that any of those people were in it other than Octavia Spencer. I was I like, think Tom Holland was in it only because I'm really invested in that man's career. <laughs> <laughs> we saw him at Disney one time, Tom Holland, and we didn't know who it was. All you these people. Saw him? Yes, he was outside of the Jungle Cruise. He was there promote, and we only figured it out later because um, we saw him outside the Jungle Cruise, (laughs) and everyone was taking a picture, and we were like, okay, whatever. Then later, Kim, uh, my wife, checks, I don't know, Instagram, the internet, and she saw these pictures that Tom Holland had been there that day promoting Spider-Man Homecoming, where he dressed- he dressed up like Spider-Man and was taking pictures with people and then would take off his mask and surprise them that he was Tom Holland. Um, so that had been like the promotion. But I guess when that finished, he was like, going to go ride the Jungle Cruise. or <laughs> So like he was over in that area. So we saw him and didn't know who it was. And then later we were like, oh, that's who that was. But anyways, um, yeah, so he was in this movie. I'm actually crying right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, earlier, that's like all I care about it's fine tom holland <laughs> no way i think i remember them going on the internet <laughs> she was definitely there because she would come out of nowhere <sighs> no, don't, don't cry i'm not crying it's fine anyways onward onward <laughs> um yeah i guess chris pratt was the older brother which is kind of funny because i guess um both tom holland and chris pratt like are now part of disney fam i guess they're like marvel world and um Thoughts on Onward, y'all? Yeah, um, I, th- I saw this one in theaters, and then again when it was on Disney+. Plus. Um, it was a really sweet story, and I really liked the, the world building that they did. I thought it was really fun to like take this, I guess what would be a um, kind of like a, a simple family story about like wanting to uh, like grief and missing your dad, especially when like one brother had a good relationship with the dad and the other brother was too young to really have any strong memories of him. And it was interesting to set that in a fantastical world because, uh, I don't know, it was really engaging. I like the all the character designs are really fun. And it added, like, a cool element of, like, magic of being like, what if you could see your dad for just one day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this right after I picked my little sister up from the airport after not seeing her for, like, I think, like, eight months. And so we watched it and we, like, sobbed. Ooh. It was, like... It was so much fun, and we very much enjoyed it. We loved the sibling dynamic that they had, and it just, like, the last part where it's, like, he doesn't get to see his dad, that, like, that kind of really hurt me. Yeah, it That hurt me a lot, and I didn't expect it, honestly. And my favorite part was when, uh, 
he was older. He was Chris Pratt, uh, Barley, and he was a character. Yeah. Barley goes to um, meet his dad, and he comes back, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> then he goes back and he hugs um, the younger brother, and it said uh, like, "Oh, he wanted me to give this to you," and it's like, and then like the brother realizes like his older brother Barley is basically filled the role of dad. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I was here. like that the closer there. Like I really enjoyed it. Like also, yeah, the world building was like chef's kiss like the minotaur or whatever like yeah, the her quest. like the quest i was like this is so freaking cool i was like i really want like them to explore it more and i low-key want a tv show like i do like i don't care like that show would be so cool i just think it like that world that they made deserves exploring more because it was just that cool yeah i will say i agree that like with the pandemic it really did kind of get the short stick because yeah. although it had a theater release and then it went to disney plus i think it did well on Disney Plus, I don't I know so, if yeah. Disney releases their numbers or if they're like Netflix and they keep it secret. But um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a really good movie. And personally, Chris Pratt isn't my favorite, but I will say that he is a very good voice actor, and as much as I hate to admit it. <laughs> and uh, like with like the Lego movie, and I feel like he did a really good job as Barley from like a voice acting standpoint, and then Tom Holland as well. That I feel like you could really tell their dynamic. Probably what was established in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. while filming all those other films. Like, you could really tell they had a very good dynamic, and they really did feel like brothers who had known each other for their entire lives. This was also one that I went in that I hadn't seen a trailer or anything, so I really did not know what it was about. And I had been told, like, oh, they're trying to bring their dad back for a day. So I thought they were trying to, like, fly to another planet and resurrect their dad. I didn't realize that their dad was going to be, like, just a running crotch the whole time. (laughs) And we actually just did a podcast on uh, Promising Young Woman. And the first scene of that is, like, dudes dancing in a club, but you only see their crotches. And it's, like they're all wearing khakis and so i was like did the dad from onward star in this movie <laughs> i feel like having a torso one he'd be able to talk and two would be like too much of like an eldritch horror thing like dragging like a torso around on like a leash yeah. so i was like i feel like they have to do legs I, I wish they would have gone all the way up to his head. Like, having him just be the legs was, like, uncomfortable. And yet, it was a lot of uh, adding to the comedy. Like, when yeah. he was trying to dance like, and stuff. Can, like, a pair of legs emote? And it's like, oh, I guess a lot. Actually, <laughs> like, like, oh, wow, y'all really did that. And then it made the, the hug payoff so much better. Yeah, yeah. it did. Because I was like, that's all you wanted? Yeah, like, that's oh, true. I got a hug. And it's just like, oh. And then the list, when he's crossing off, like, all the things he wanted to do with dad. his dad, and then he realized he had done yeah. with his brother. It's just like, yes, great storytelling. It was very nice. Yeah, I was really caught off guard by that emotional moment of being like, it was his brother he had all along. Like, I thought that was really, really an unexpectedly sweet story like we were expecting it to just be sad because we're like I, th- I think the story is about like a deceased parent and then we were like oh my gosh like that was actually totally different than we expected like it was a story that could have been a real downer but yeah, it ended up sure. being really 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 fun and um I was just really caught up in how much I was enjoying the journey the whole time without like I was really surprised by a, a lot of what happened I was so sad when Guinevere the car like when that died Thank you. I was like why am I attached to this car 
so sad when he, so he he sends it off down the down the mountain and um also i shipped the minotaur and their mom and i don't care about that copy oh yeah, yeah that's great lgbtq plus representation let's be like, what was the other like the, no it's just like the stroller the stroller moms and finding Dory. It's like, ooh, look at that. Like, sorry, it's here for the gays. <laughs> you know what I was kind of um, yeah. a little frustrated by was the fact that the mom and that woman are looking the whole... I think she's a manticore, right? They're yeah, looking for... Like, she knows where the quest ends, and yet she drives them all the way. Like, why could she have not driven them to the school in the first place? like she knew where it ended so it was kind of funny to me that she didn't just like immediately drive to that school area and like wait for them there because you didn't need to go through the entire quest and go down that river and then pop up in the middle of town like she could have just driven there in the first place but i agree with you that i would love like a tv show or more of this because i i did really feel like it was like under appreciated like i barely heard anything about it and it could have just been that so much of the pandemic was like getting started right then and there and people had bigger things on their mind yeah we got all pandemic pandemic was like lockdown now you got me thinking about like how depressing a soul tv show would be (laughs) (laughs) every every episode another person having an existential crisis about their life purpose do i really love you or am i just comfortable with you (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the soul tv show could be like the little soul blobs deciding what their like passion is or like finding their mapping out their life i don't know yeah we do we do a workplace comedy in the (laughs) yeah it's like terry (laughs) (laughs) you know i feel like that's kind of what umbrella academy becomes is the the people who work in the like time altering I have not seen it. A lot of humor with that. So, uh, Wolfwalkers, uh, Irish film, written and directed by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart. It's the third and final movie in the Moore's Irish folklore trilogy, followed by, it started with Secret of Kells in 09, Song of the Sea in 2014. I'd seen Secret of Kells, but I'd never heard of Song of the Sea, I don't think. Oh, I haven't seen Secret of Kells, but Natalie... Song of the Sea sat me down and watched Song of the Sea. Okay. Wow, so I'll have to watch that one now. I'm Irish, so I was like really excited because uh, my Irish films include um, Waking Ned Divine and uh, Secret of Rowan Inish. So it's fun to get like new Irish films to watch to add into there. This one, Wolf Walkers, premiered at Toronto Film Fest on September 12th of 2020. And then it was available in Ireland December 2nd. And then they put it on Apple TV December 11th. I heard that y'all were Wolf Walker fans. So I'll let you start it off. Yes, I'm looking at my art of Wolf Walker's book as we speak. Oh, I should mention that uh, the uh, people acting in it, voice actors were Honor Knefsi, Eva Whitaker, Sean Bean, and the only one who I recognized was Maria Doyle Kennedy. She did a role in Orphan Black, so it was fun to hear her voice again on screen, but otherwise I was not familiar with the actors. 
Yeah, I, I loved Wolfwalkers. It's the only 2D animated film nominated, which I think is worth mentioning, and the only 2D animated film to have actually won an Academy uh, Oscar for animated film is Spirited Away, I believe, back in like 2002. Otherwise, it's been dominated by the 3D animation. But uh, I just think that the 2D animation style of Wolfwalkers was like absolutely breathtaking. The changes of the style between when they're in the village to whenever we transition to the woods and we have more like watercolor and charcoal it's just absolutely beautiful to watch and it was such a joy to watch the movie and i absolutely love it (laughs) we loved watching it like it was so 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 pretty but i'd say the one annoyance for me had nothing to do with the film which was watching it on apple tv is so frustrating because we watched half of it and then um, my wife had to go to bed and the next day we finished it and on apple tv you cannot scrub forward (laughs) like you try to scrub forward and it it takes so long. <sighs> that one time we had to set to the Ted Lasso. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So <laughs> Apple TV, get it together. But otherwise, um, the movie itself, I was like, wow, this is so, so pretty. And I mean, Secret of Kells was like that, too, where there's just so much going on in the background, like these beautiful kind of like Celtic knots and just like... Um, Natalie, it sounded like you had a book that was like the art of the movie. I'm sure that would be gorgeous because so much of the art of it, it feels like you're looking at like a stained glass window or those old books like that the monks would have illustrated. Like it, it is really pretty. Yeah. Love the art style, and I love like the music that goes with it, even though it is repetitive. Although <laughs> <laughs> repetitive, like although repetitive, I do love it. And also, like, I don't know, I just, like, love hearing stories that, like, I haven't heard, and it's, like, the whole, like, oh, like, I'm against you, and then I'm with you, like, found family trope, absolutely adore that trope, and everything, like, I've ever seen ever, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know, at the end, it kind of is a love your step parent thing, (laughs) but we're not, we're not sure that they, like, end up together, like, just because they're in the wagon together, the parents at the end, doesn't mean that they're, like, in romantic love, so it could just be their new, like, tribe, um, so I actually appreciated that the parents didn't necessarily, like, fall in love at the end. Yeah, they didn't take over the story with that, like, Um, it was about the two little girls like oh i found a sister and or other i love that yeah and Mm -hmm. i also just like just back to like the the art of it which i just i feel like i can't praise enough one of my favorite things like subtle things that they did is throughout the film robin goodfellow the main um girl who goes into the woods and finds the wolf walkers i love the way that her hair like transitions Mm. throughout it she comes becomes more like wild and unruly and then like in the, because she starts off, like, I guess, like, very clean line, and she fits in with the village, but then, like, as it goes on, her, like, the lines get rougher and more, like, sketchy, I don't don't know the right word to (laughs) use, but, like, animation was definitely, like, a medium thing and not, like, a genre, which I feel like goes back to, like, what you were talking about with, like, the kids thing that Natalie was telling me earlier, where it's, like, 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 a lot of kids' movies get nominated, Mm -hmm. but because of... Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I was like, it was your point. Yeah, yeah. No, I, was, I was going on a rant earlier. So, I feel like... Again, we were talking about, like, how animation is a medium, and I feel like Wolf Walkers definitely shows that in, like, the different ways that it can be used. And um, 
and stuff like that, like, just how they change the art style throughout, but in general, I feel like when it comes to the Academy Awards for animated films, they've got a genre problem, where they look at animation as a genre, as opposed to what it is, which is a medium, Mm. and because they're looking at it as, like, the kid and family genre, a lot of films get overlooked, Mm -hmm. and, like, don't get the recognition that they deserve, because they don't fit into this kind of homeogenous idea of, like, what an animated film is and, like, who animated movies are for. Homogenous. Yeah, homogenous, that's the word. I was, like, thinking on it. I was, like, we're doing this wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. So, like, cute, whimsical children's movies usually um, win. And foreign films or any films don't fall into that category because the voters have kind of a narrow understanding of what animation is and who it's for. And the animation category is one of, I don't want to say the only, because I don't know if that's correct, but it's one of the few categories where it can be nominated by anyone. So when you're nominating, like, actors for the Academy Award, actors nominate actors, Mm -hmm. directors nominate directors. But when it comes to animation, anyone in the Academy nominates an animated film. So that's how you get nominations like Boss Baby or um, Bernadette, which (laughs) aren't necessarily, like, bad movies. But they're not, like, awesome. But if you compare that to, like, Loving Vincent, that, like, um, 2D yeah. Films from a few years ago where it's like all Van Gogh paintings. It was like gorgeous. Like a lot of indie films that get swept under the rug because a lot of the voting base is made up of people who are animators or anything like that. So a lot of times what gets through is what gets campaigned the most or what's seen the most by their kids, which will be the Disney, the Pixar, and the DreamWorks movies. Yeah. Do you think they should... Because like my mom will not go see an animated movie. I mean, when we were kids, yeah. But like as an adult... She, um, since I've been an adult, she's like, no, nah, I don't want to see that. It's animated. Like, she just views them as, like, little kid movies, which is understandable. A lot of times they are, but like you're saying, The Loving Vincent was gorgeous, and then I really loved, um, I don't know if it was a short or a full feature. There was one a few years ago that was, like, I Lost My Body, and it was, oh, a, was, it yeah, it was a severed hand, like, going around, I think it was France, like, trying to find its body, and it was not a kid's film, but it was really interesting and i was like this is a movie that so many people are going to overlook because they just don't watch uh-huh. animated movies yeah i just i don't know like i personally will watch like animated content because i like animated content in general and like i think that's the difference between like i don't know the u.s is like kind of having like a bigger push towards like adult like oriented animated content like disney's doing it now i think they're doing like a thing or they're like oh they just announced yeah they just announced they, that they, yeah they are starting a new I think, I don't know if this division or studio is 21st century, like, there's certainly a division where it's just focused on your adult animation, which includes stuff like Fox Burger and The Simpsons Mm -hmm. and Family Guy. Uh, Not Rick and Morty, but the other one, Solar Opposites. Yeah, Solar Opposites, yeah. yeah. I feel like because a lot of adult animated content is, like, the jokes are, like, only, like, they're only adult in, like, nature, but, like, the things that they have to deal with aren't really. It's like, oh, make a joke about, like, puke or blood or vomit or sex, and then, I don't know, you'll do something else but like and like i don't know if you look at like i don't know movies from like i guess like japan like the anime movies like bro some of those are not for children (laughs) but they're still really really good like and it's just i don't know it's they have a wider scope i guess of like our animation as like a medium instead of like oh this is like a genre like it's for kids because it's animated it's like that's not true you have to like get that distinction yeah and i feel like it goes also goes back to like 
before the animation category was created for the Oscars back in like 2001, they would just give special awards to animated films because they they didn't know and often get nominated. The only one, only two films I believe have been nominated for Best Picture, and that was Beauty and the Beast in '91, and then Up. Oh, sorry, three, and then Toy Story four. Three or four, I think, got nominated. Really? Or story three, maybe. Sorry, I could be wrong. I think <laughs> Snow White. Snow White had something significant yeah, at so, the Oscars. No, so they would give them honorary awards. So like Walt Disney won a lot of honorary awards for like achievements mm. and motion and like film filmmaking, and that's mm-hmm. what Snow White won. And then they uh, they would win a lot of those because they didn't have a specific category because they. Didn't, they said there wasn't enough competition because they were just looking at it as like Disney movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. But then in 2001, with uh, DreamWorks coming out, the Academy was like, "Oh, now there are like multiple studios making these types of films, so we can make our own category for it." But I feel like the fact that like even before they kind of just saw animated movies as like the thing that Disney does, yeah, just kind of shows that they didn't really understand. I don't know, or that they didn't place the same amount of value in yeah. the animation. Um, animated films as they did the live action stuff yeah i feel like in america you either have the boss baby animated movie that you know you can safely give the nanny some money to take the kids to go see the movie (laughs) having been a nanny that's my experience they're just like oh it's animated so of course it's for kids go take the kids or you have like adult animated which is like the family guy the stuff that like you don't watch with your kids. Although growing up, I did watch The Simpsons, and I feel like my life was greatly enriched by it. But my parents would not let me watch that. Yeah, most families as far as like would not. Animated adult films. I get, the only one I can think of is Sausage Party. Oh God, yeah. that movie in TV at least for like middle ground content, where it's like I don't like Shira is for kids. It is for kids, but some of the themes it deals with is definitely more adult in nature, which is why I think a lot of it also like representation in like middle ground kind of like a new adult-ish kind of thing like it has like they have really large adult followings because the themes are universal and because you don't get the content anywhere else like you want a wholesome story but you want like a really pretty animation style you have to go to kids content most of the time you don't you can't go to like family guy i love like adventure time or i'm a huge 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 fan of over the garden wall but it doesn't seem like we get a lot of feature films in america that are like um palm springs but it's animated like any movie that would be this year's best picture so like promising young woman but it's an animated version like you're not really getting that in america and it sounds like we're kind of getting more variants in tv shows animated yeah um natalie you were talking about um the category being voted on by anybody do you think it would make a difference if they only let like animators vote in that category and by, uh, sorry, just to clarify, what I mean by, like, nominating, by putting forth nominees. Yeah. Uh, uh, because any, I think the entire Academy votes on all of the categories, but when mm-hmm. it comes to nominating, I feel like it probably would make a difference if, like, they had a select committee do it, as they do, like, other things. Mm-hmm. It's weird, there's also that, like, weird difference between when you look at the best pictures, the, what often wins versus the animated film, because we have the best picture, a lot of times, more recent trends have been for, like, the indie darling to win, look at like moonlight mm-hmm. um but in animated in the animated category it's usually always whatever got the biggest box office yeah or um from came from the biggest studio so i feel like if they had a committee to pick things it might help because then you might get more of those indie films getting pushed but then also i, I think a lot of it comes down to campaigning because a campaign for 
a Pixar movie is going to be a lot bigger than a campaign for, um, like, a G-Kids films, who does the Studio Ghibli movies, and then also did Wolf Walkers. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Wolf Walkers is more of a front runner this year, simply because Apple TV is doing a lot of the campaigning for it. You know, I, a lot yeah, of billboards I and posters lot of billboards. for it. I saw a lot of, like, bus stop things. Like, I saw a lot more than I would have if Natalie hadn't told me about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you compare it to, if you just look back at uh, the one they, that Cartoon Saloon did before, Song of the Sea, yeah. compare the campaign for that that G-Kids did versus campaign for Wolf Walkers that Apple TV is doing. It's, it's very different. And that also goes to show because... Especially with the animated category, a lot of the voters either um, will get they'll get screeners, but they might just pick the one that their kid might want to watch. Yeah. But if they see if they have bigger campaigns for those smaller movies, it helps them a lot. Which is why I'm hopeful that Wolf Walkers is a really chance this year. I think Soul's gonna take it, but, but I won't. Oh, if Wolf Walkers won, I would scream. <laughs> I would be so happy. And usually, I don't even pay attention, but I really want Wolf Walkers to win this. I know a lot of people who are echoing that sentiment. Um, I felt like when I I was watching Wolf Walkers that it was a movie I would want to share with my kids. Like I felt like Soul was for me. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, this is like hitting on life in your late 20s. And I felt like with Wolf Walkers, I was like, yeah, this is a movie that I would really enjoy to watch someday as a family. Like I was enjoying it as it as it was happening as I'm an adult watching it, but I usually just watch a movie and think, oh, that was a movie. But with Wolf Walkers, I was like, I would like to own this, like, on DVD or whatever medium the future holds and, like, watch it again someday, like, share it with my children. And the other movie that I felt that way was a few years ago that Klaus, it was like a Santa Claus. Yes, Klaus was so good. It was like a Santa Claus story. And I was so, so, so happy with it. I was like, that was one I was not looking forward to and just loved i did not expect to like it as much as i did like at all whatsoever but i was like also hot santa but also like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i didn't expect to like it as much as i did but i was like dang like, this is this is awesome yeah, like yeah, it's great i feel like i would just love to see more 2d films get nominated and which will get segue us to over the moon yeah because it's directed by glenn keen who is a famous 2d animator for disney he, oh yeah yeah he did like, uh, yeah, yeah he did the character design for ariel tarzan um like, he did the early concept here. art for rapunzel for tangled and then so many other things beauty and the beast um i believe he designed the beast's look but anyways just to segue into over the moon <laughs> uh, I, my one complaint over the moon is i wish that movie was 2d animated instead of 3d animated mm. yeah um it was a really cute story, but the sequences where they're telling the story and you see Glenn Keane's classic style in that 2D format it's with, so like, the nice. watercolor. It looks kind of like water. I think it's the type of... Like, gauche. Ink- yeah. And, it, and, like, if the whole movie looked like that... It would be oh absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> so it's directed by Glenn Keane, written by Audrey Wells. This was Pearl Studio, which in the past has worked with DreamWorks. This is their first film without DreamWorks. It's a Chinese-American studio. This film premiered on Netflix October 23rd, starring Kathy Ang, Philippa Su, Ken Jung, John Cho, Margaret Cho, and Sandra Oh. And um, we just, this is the most recent one I watched, and I was like, oh i don't really want to watch that one like i don't know the poster didn't look that good to me and it could be the art style like you're saying like i kind of like the 2d art style as well so i was like uh i don't know this looks like 
it's gonna kind of be like just not my favorite and then I was so 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 happy with the story I really really liked where it went I liked the main character Feifei like she to me was such a like was sciencey without being like a total nerd <laughs> like I feel like sometimes characters in kids movies fit a stereotype they can be the pretty one the nerd and I felt like she was just naturally exuberant and joyful and fun but then when she goes and delivers those mooncakes at the site of the like train she was like here's how it works like she seemed to really know science without being like the total nerd stereotype and um so I thought she was like a more well-rounded character than one that we often get and then I loved the like I don't know how authentic the story is but I think it's supposed to be based on a Chinese um folk story and so I really thought that that was like a cool story I wasn't familiar with before of the woman up on the moon crying um for her lost love like it was a story that I would have really enjoyed as a kid really again this is another one that is like love your step parent <laughs> um yeah genuinely yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like the little boy was cute too I was like I like that their relationship was explored more and like they bonded and that was really cute yeah and yeah and Glen King had won an Oscar for his love basketball short oh. that he did <clears throat> yeah with yeah, Kobe um LeBron. I can't remember. Was, was it LeBron, LeBron or Kobe? It was Kobe. Oh, yeah. Was like, oh, that's yeah, yeah. And but uh, and like that short was really beautiful and also like two D. And I I feel like Glen Keane really shines when he gets to do his like thing. Two D, yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, I like I like I also like the movie. I didn't like uh, the dog character voiced by Ken Jeong. Yeah, I mean, he felt like. Felt like kind of a classic animated movie trope, or, or like the like the Olaf or yeah. the Hey Hey from Moana. The Hey Hey should have been the other one. But um, yeah, just kind of like the animal sidekick that's just there, and I felt like he came in so late in the film that it he felt more like a burden to the story than an addition to it. Because mm-hmm. I like the um the relationships that have been established with the brother or like the soon to be stepbrother and I wish that they had he was stayed literally together. The yeah. I wish that they had stayed together and so that their relationship could have developed more because I believe they separate and, yeah, they do. and the boy goes to play ping pong with, with uh, the, the goddess, the goddess and yeah, she the goes with the she goes and finds the moon dog. I don't even know if he is a moon dog, I'm just saying like, <laughs> it looked like a dog. But um, it was, I wish I was like I wish they'd been able to stay together because I feel like that character comes in so late that it didn't it didn't feel like he was necessary to the story for me um other than the delivering the exposition of like how the goddess was like um sad and had trapped and had made things sad for them <laughs> i like the goddess outfits a lot oh yeah they were her outfits were absolutely like amazing yeah yeah i believe they hired a um Oh, gosh, I'm gonna forget the name of the costume designer, but they got a very big costume designer to, to just to design her outfits. Oh, and then that shows. <laughs> I was like, it definitely does show because I was like, they're very intricate and very like, I don't know, well put together. Love a good costume change in an animated movie, especially from a marketing standpoint. If like you can sell like three versions of a princess doll because yeah. she has three different outfits, great. Imagine the amount of goddess like <laughs> dolls you can have for her for just every one of her outfits. I'm like, yes, I love it. <laughs> 
Um, I looked yeah. it up. It was Kobe Bryant, and it was Deer Basketball. Oh, dear. Yeah, there's another movie called Love and Basketball. So I was like, I want to remember the difference. Um, yeah, you know, I actually liked the space dog, moon dog, voiced by Ken Jong. And what I liked about him was um, that he didn't come off as or insufferable the way that like I find Bing Bong in Inside Out to be like the most annoying character. <laughs> ever and that's a character that's a character that kind of like shows up halfway through and then kind of like isn't around anymore um and i'm just like why that character didn't need to be there but i liked the space dog because i felt like she wasn't at a point where she was ready to um fall in love with the stepbrother like it was too soon and i think that's some time apart where she has the moon dog who's kind of a step in for the brother where he's like i wish i had a brother like she finds him annoying and then forms a relationship with him like she kind of starts to like him and i felt like that opened up her being able to bond with the brother it would have been nice if she had just initially bonded with the brother but i was amazed by like I really thought it was going to be them the whole time learning to love each other. And I, I really liked that the brother was off on his own quest. Like, it made it interesting to go back between the different plots of all the stuff that was happening. And I was really surprised that it went on as long as it did. But I loved the ping pong scene between the moon goddess and the brother. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like, he's bringing it. Like, I was so happy for him. We're rooting for you. Oh, then we got, uh, oh, the, the, the character's name is Gogi. That's his name. Oh, the, the moon dog. Yeah. Actually kind of sad at the end that they're just like, okay, bye. And they like leave. Like, I was like, oh, I, he really wanted a brother. Like, I thought they were going to yeah. bring him back or something. My other problem with Gobi is that we also already had the bunny. So we already had an animal oh. Yeah, the yeah. bunny to me was weird that they just left him there. Like, and my yeah. wife, my wife is like, bunnies need to be together. So that's why they left him there. And I was like, I feel like I would not just leave my beloved animal up on the moon. Like, okay, bye. Like, how do you to your parents when you get back? Where'd your bunny go? Yeah. Oh, she's on the moon. She's in love with the jade rabbit now. I was like, her. <laughs> I also like how they did the classic, uh, I get. I feel, I feel like this is something that you see a lot in like the old Disney cartoons. With when you have like animals, you have like the girl animal looking like a certain way, and then the boy yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The female, the bunny, and the, the eyelashes. Like, yeah. yeah, or it's like the like top of her chest thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like the lashes and the and the really and the chubby cheeks and pink nose, and they have the rabbit who <laughs> looks like a lot like more masculine coated. <laughs> You know, of all the movies uh, that were actually, like, some pretty big tearjerkers, this one got me the most of, like, I'm a robot, so I, like, don't cry. But this was the close to me being, like, I could see myself tearing up now when the... Yeah, I... It takes a lot for me to cry in a movie. Like, there's, like, maybe five movies I've ever, like, actually cried in. But this one, I was the most emotionally affected when the brother is trying to push through that grief wall at the end. And he's yeah. like, I want my sister. And he's like, no boundaries or whatever. And he, like, 
no barriers and he like pushes through that wall to go get her i thought that was like so 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 sweet i liked his character and his character reminded me a lot of gregory from over the garden wall mm. even the fact that, that he had a frog companion for that, but, like, I see that. the same kind of little boy energy where on the one hand it's really annoying if you just want to like not be around that all the time but on the other hand like he's optimistic and cheery and i don't know yeah it can be endearing if it's yours you know like Mm -hmm. if it's like somebody related to me i'm like oh if it's a random kid i'm like oh i really really did not again expect to like this movie and i thought the story like i was just so captivated as i was watching it where i was like i don't want this movie to end i'm enjoying it so much like i loved the energy of that song the ultra luminary when she's just like i'm the best i was like yes get it yeah it was it was it was a really fun movie it was i liked all the colors those the palette was like very bright which i guess would you know uh be targeted towards like the kid he was like ooh, bright colors but i was like ooh, bright colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh i was just gonna say i loved um the like character design of like the main character i loved that her like very jagged self-cut hair mm-hmm. and i love that her idea of like a spacesuit was to put on like a uh like silver puffer jacket <laughs> that looked like a little astronaut i was like i look like a national fucking breathing space yeah <laughs> I, I just love the way i, I love the way that she looked and i felt like it conveyed a lot of personality and I, that's one thing i love about animation is like how a character's design can just tell you instantly what you need to know about them mm-hmm. same with like the goddess just like her very very like how tall she is so she's always kind of like the tallest person or the biggest person in the room kind of just alludes to her very big personality and it's like yes i love i love that <laughs> yeah i like that there was no like villain like the goddess character she's just traumatized she misses her honey like she's not trying to be power hungry and rule the moon she just is so sad and i i really liked that arc for that character as opposed to like a tyrant that you have to take down imagine how lonely it is with only little like, moon pieces or like star little things like as for company yeah. and i'm like bruh that just sounds like a hell's existence like genuine <laughs> yeah i would give concerts too yeah i definitely gave a few concerts in uh quarantine by myself this year <laughs> oh my god she's just quarantining herself on the moon, on the moon. So <laughs> yeah i gave i gave concerts to my guinea pigs um I, I know that some people criticized Over the Moon for being like overly saturated with colors, but I liked it. I liked the way everything looked. It didn't get hung up too much on one thing. Like, yes, she has to find the gift, but then it was like first she has to find, she wants to get the picture, then she has to find the gift, then she has to help her with overcoming her grief. Like, it felt like there were a lot of different obstacles. It wasn't just one big thing the whole time. Um, and I know there's a lot of comparisons between this and Coco. Like, even the uh, giving the concert in the other realm, and the other realm being very bright and colorful. Like, there were a lot of comparisons with that. I guess I can see it, yeah. And then I guess we, we could also mention that, like, this, in that it was nice in this movie that they stayed themselves when they mm-hmm. come to the moon and start yeah. transforming into something else. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, the main character got to stay the main yeah. character. Woo. So then now, looking at them all as a whole, um, which movie 
I mean, I think Soul is going to win, but I actually think Wolfwalkers has a pretty good chance because I know so many people who have been um, very, very, like, that's the one I'm hearing the most talk about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do y'all think will win and what do you want to win? I think Soul will win, but I want Wolfwalkers to win. Yeah, I would, same. I feel like Soul will take this one, uh, but I, I would love to see Wolfwalkers. Wolfwalkers has picked up a lot of the critic awards, which mm-hmm. is promising, but that may be all they get this award season. Uh, but I would love it if they took uh, Best Animated Feature. So it would just be nice to see a 2D animated film win, something from a smaller studio that isn't Disney or Pixar. And I know if Soul wins, it will make Pete Doctor. Uh, most awarded animated director because it will be his third Oscar I believe after Up and Inside Out um, so that would be really cool for Pete Doctor I feel like whoever wins it'll be a really cool thing for them <laughs> yeah. yeah but I uh, I mean maybe Sean the Sheep will surprise us all and we're all sleeping on it um, I will say like so surprised by this but i'll say over the moon was my favorite and it could just be that i really love an underdog and the fact that that has no chance of winning i'm like oh i'll love you the most um but i was the most while i was watching it like i don't want this to end i'm enjoying it so much and um kiana you were talking about the uh world building and onward i really liked the world of over the moon like i wanted to see more of it I- for me, I'm like the part of a high fantasy, so I'm like very biased when I say like the world building yeah. onward. Like my bookshelf is nothing but like high fantasy stuff, and so when I see like oh like magic swords and unicorns, unicorns being trash monsters, I'm the <laughs> trash man. I was like, bro, this is so funny. I was like, yeah, but you see like these regal features pivot to everywhere else. But yeah, I was really biased and onward. The world building in Over the Moon was also very very good. I liked the um. Both Onward and Over the Moon had a funny bicycle uh, crew. In Onward, the bicycle were those little pixies. And by bicycle, I definitely meant motorcycle. And I liked the joke in Over the Moon that it was biker chicks, and they were like chickens. That was kind of funny. <laughs> there were some. I think you can catch that. There were some unexpected puns <laughs> in pun Over the Moon. Yeah. I love annoying you with puns. I feel like there's a difference. <laughs> so, which of the movies was your favorite story, animation aside? Mm, onward for me. Yeah, it's onward for me. That's hard. That's hard for me. I think because I, I, I just like the well-roundedness. Like it just it circles back so nicely for me, and I was like, it was like it hit all my marks, and it like it gave me like the satisfying like yes, mm-hmm. circle beautiful. Lovely. Yeah, I would say I also I love the the story of Onward, especially all the I guess all the themes that had to deal with grief and um, especially looking at like whenever somebody passes that you didn't really get a chance to know that always like thinking about how much you learn about a person after they die that oh. you never knew mm. that always messes me up. But um, I would say for me it's a tie between Onward and Wolfwalkers because the other type of story that I love is the type of story that Wolfwalkers has because I love it when you have a character who has to face, um, who, like, grows up thinking one way and then has to face the fact that, like, that's not the only way or not the only way things can be. And I just love our character who wants to be a wolf hunter. And then it's like, who no. Who is thrown into the, into the 
wolf pack <laughs> and then discovers that like oh everything she knows isn't necessarily what's right and then has to confront her father who believes his own thing and now that she's like a wolf and then he's a wolf hunter I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I love that he chooses his daughter though because yes. a lot of the time like they don't choose their kids mm-hmm. and so I'm like oh you chose your daughter over the institution woo go you yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of those kind of stories just because I like stories that have kind of like morals to them and I like teaching the lesson of like just because you think something's this way doesn't mean there aren't other opinions or that there isn't another or just because this is your limited world doesn't mean there isn't a much bigger world encompassing many other people and ways of living and thoughts and everything (laughs) yeah I think that my favorite message was in soul I think my favorite story was in onward I think animation I liked Wolfwalkers, and then, like, individual characters, I liked Over the Moon. Like, I thought all those characters were unique. Because other than Sean the Sheep, there isn't one that I would be upset if it won. Like, of all these movies, I'm happy with them. And sometimes I'm like, okay, there's one good in the category, and the rest, I'm like, I'd be mad if they won. But I genuinely think this is a very, very strong roundup of animated uh films which is why i wanted to talk about it like as a whole and not just like just one of them because i couldn't pick just one yeah i agree and i feel like it was a pretty good year for animation too because then i also had uh trolls trolls World World War War was so good which i haven't seen which but i feel like i feel like you could easily put trolls too into this group as well and it would still be like worth mentioning because it's still really really good the soundtrack for trolls world tour was so good like i don't even understand how they did that but it was so good like absolutely i didn't see trolls 2 i saw trolls 1 and enjoyed it but i didn't see the sequel and then also i guess like the tv show on netflix like bridges the gap between like one and two and it like gives more context but like two is like two is really real good there was a Kiana's favorite movie, The Willow. Whenever you say that, the it just makes me. I hate <laughs> what it. Was that one? Oh my god, The Willoughbys! I hated that movie. <laughs> oh god, I hate that. Twenty twenty on Netflix, and then we also I, had. Um, I think The Crudes came out this year, right? Yeah, Crudes too. There was also Scoop from Water Brothers. And oh, yeah. That one. That one was. Uh, yeah, that wasn't my favorite. I was like, <laughs> why did you do Scooby and the Gang like that? Do you hate us? Didn't and even see that one. Also, yeah, and then I guess for other, like, bigger releases, there was Studio Ghibli's Earwig and the Witch. That wasn't good. That, I feel bad for that. I mean, that movie, it was their first time doing a 3D animated film. Which is why. But it, the story just wasn't... It wasn't there. It was not there, like, at all. Like, you should watch it. Just to see what we're talking about. <laughs> it was not, it was Look, not it. first on my list, I've got to watch Shaun the Sheep. And then yeah. I can start expanding oh, and then we it. we also have um, the Phineas and Ferb... Uh, movie. <gasps> they made a I movie? Think I, universe. I think I, well that came up in 2020. Yeah, oh my god. Well we watched it. It was pretty good actually. But I love Phineas and Ferb. That was this year. <laughs> no, time is not real. It's fine. Time is not real. Soul has taught us that. <laughs> yes. And the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well thank you so much for your time this morning. That was really fun to hear um what y'all actually liked as far as 
animation, story, characters, etc., like actually pulling apart. And you both were so knowledgeable about <laughs> all of the categories. It was so fun. Thank you. I was like, Natalie likes background facts a lot. I was like, she very much does. I love that. We have to hire you on the podcast as like our our uh, I mean, fact you checker. Love researching, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> well, so where can people find more of y'all? Um, my Twitter is at kchala at k a y c h a l l a. It's an homage to like Black Panther, but nobody ever gets it. I think it's like Chala Bread. So, like, <laughs> and then uh, I'm on Twitter at thirty seven. Love that. And both of those will be in the description of this. So if you uh, go down to the description of the podcast, you will see uh, those Twitter handles. So uh, thank you so much. And um, we'll see yeah, you all next time. No problem. Goodbye. Yay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll end the podcast and then we can say goodbye. I know. I was like, wait, is it like symbolic or is it like, 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 bye?